Hello, everyone. Welcome to the eTech Leadership Table. This is a podcast where we invite you to pull up a chair, grab a cup of coffee, and join us as we tackle some remarkable discussions on everything leadership. I'm Melissa Wood. I'm your host. I'm the Dean of Leadership Development at eTech Global Services. Welcome to today's episode of the Leadership Table. We have a treat in store for you today. I love sitting around the table over my lifetime. I've had some of my most dynamic and actually real discussions at the table. Today, sitting across the table with me is David Carrizales. Hello, David. Hello, Melissa. How are you? I'm well. How are you today? I'm doing wonderful. It's a beautiful, beautiful day in Lufkin, East Texas over here. Great day. I love East Texas. You cannot beat the trees and the greenery. There's probably 100,000 shades of green in East Texas right now. Yes, absolutely. And it's hot. It is. very hot. Yes. And humid. (laughs) And humid. Oh, very. very. Yeah. I was talking to our friends in India today, and they said it was like 45, which I think is like 109 or 114 uh, Fahrenheit weather. So, yeah, they're burning. Well, so well, well I, I'm glad that you're sitting at the table at the air conditioned room at the table with me today. Do you That's have right, something? In your, did you bring tea or coffee or what'd you bring to the table I, today? I got a coffee, snack? coffee, always coffee. Always and I have coffee. an apple. I have an apple for lunch. I oh, eat an apple a day. I eat an apple a day. A day makes performance problems go away. That's my Yes, it does. I like it. I like it. So, uh, <laughs> For all of our viewers, you know, we're going to have tons of viewers on our podcast and I welcome them to pull up the table. I just want everybody to feel comfortable as they sit around the table and chat. Sure. So I want you to feel comfortable. And, you know, I don't know about you, but growing up, I sat at the table. We had some of the best discussions at, at the table on all sorts of topics. Yes, we still do. Well, to, we to, still do. Yeah. Today's topic uh, is going to be operational focus. And I believe you have a lot of experience in that area. I do. I, I've been doing this for 24 years now. 24 years. That's that's yep. not dog years either. Actual, that's, that's not actual dog years. years. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah, I was, I was I was looking over your information and I and I see here that you know there's a there's an old country song that says I've been everywhere, man, across the rivers, bear man, breathe the mountain <laughs> air, man, I've been everywhere. And yes. when I when I started thinking about the places. Where to sit with you at the table, I was sort of thinking, you've been to Louisiana, Ohio, Alabama, North and South Carolina, Kentucky, Connecticut, Florida, and Georgia. And these are not vacation spots. These are actual spots that you went to work in operations. That's correct. Yes. Dare I ask, what's, what's your favorite one? Do you have a favorite yeah, spot? I do. Actually, uh, now, for, for favorite, favorite is Texas. We've always, we're from Texas. We want to be home in Texas. Texas is our spot. But I loved North Carolina. It yeah. is beautiful. And I'm a golfer and there's a golf course with a stone's throw. It left, yeah. right, there's a, and they're immaculate. They're absolutely ridiculous. So North Carolina was one of my favorite. And then Alabama was beautiful. Huh? Alabama, now huh? I only lived in Alabama for 10 months. 10 months, okay. I went down there to start a call center, got it up and running, performing in 10 months. And then I moved to Georgia. Yeah. Outs. So you're basically, I mean, for 24 years, you really lived and breathed the call center environment. That's what I've done. Yes. Yeah. Yep. That's, that's, that's impeccable. You know, you, 
this is a hard call center is a hard job to be in it all over the United States and, and to, to stay in this environment and to still have the passion that you have about it. Um, I, I find it is amazing. Let me tell our, our listeners a little bit more about you because I know you're not going to, you just skimmed over that I like to play golf. Um, <laughs> to my viewers, all of you guys sitting at the table with me today, he does more than like to play golf. David um, probably should have been pro at the golf. He <laughs> he got a, scholar, a full ride scholarship, if I can remember right, to college uh, to play golf. And, and he still plays probably if you see him a little red, he'd probably play this morning before he came to work. There's no telling. <laughs> During the summertime, I get out a lot. I yeah. get out a lot. Yeah. He definitely loves golf. And that that's, kind of shows our viewers when we talk about, you know, today we're talking about the impact of operations uh, and, and customer service. That's our table talk today. But, you know, to have a, a balanced work and life, uh, I believe that's been able to keep you in the industry for 24 years. So go on record to say Melissa Wood thinks David should still play golf. That, I think that's good for you. Permission I'm, to do so. <laughs> I will absolutely continue to do that. My my son's into it now. He's 12. He's been playing for about a year and a half. Um, yeah. He's got the bug. He's passionate about it. And uh, I, my pop and I play as often as we can when I see him. And golf is a, a cool sport because it's one of the uh, sports you can play for as long as you can. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, getting it. I got friends that are 85 90 years old that are still swinging that club so that's a pretty cool it. gig mm -hmm. i love it. i don't i haven't shared this with anybody before but uh, my dad taught me to play golf we actually spent almost every day on the golf course and my dad's a tremendous golf player my first golf bag was an arnold palmer golf bag <laughs> so but my dad got cancer and he got really ill and he duct taped a golf uh, you know, uh, his club yeah. to his hand to go out and he played during chemo and radiation uh, because he just I didn't have this holding it. So it, that just the ability to be out there on the course and play like that, you're right. It doesn't matter sick or ill. You know, it makes you sick sometimes, <laughs> but hopefully uh, no when you question. get out there. <laughs> well, there's a lot more to you, definitely. I want our people sitting at the table with us and you sure. just sitting there drinking a cup of coffee and 24 years in the call center experience and that you've been you know, you've just not been in one site. You've been in multiple sites all across the country. Now you handle everything from, you know, you've, you've had your hand in our India team, our Jamaica team. You are full force in with our, our Jamaica team and everything United States. So I, I, I'm just in, just really glad that you joined us at the table today to talk about these things. You know, you've had your hand in advertising and marketing, digital, direct mail, mobile. Uh, we even talked early this morning about uh, some new adventures that you, you have on your plate. Correct. That's Never correct. <laughs> in the world. Um, but the, the one thing I, I want our viewers to, to our podcasters to know is that you are extremely um, adamant about the professional development of yourself and those that you lead. And that, that is a, a key to, to, to bring you to the table sitting with us today. So if I just want to, I know it's not one of the questions I was going to pose to you, but see, I'm the podcaster and I get to just, <laughs> I get to do that. That's why I love being on this side of the table. Um, what happened? Like, what happened there? You, you definitely are an operations-driven. You're business-minded, extremely intelligent. Where did this desire that you have? You know, you start that unbelievable you, right? You have yeah, your own yeah. uh, outside of here. What? Where did that come from? You know, um, I would tell you that. So, I was an English teacher for a couple of years, 
And um, that's, you know, when I graduated from college, I, I taught English and I was fascinated with just really working with some of the students to help them understand that they're capable of whatever they want to do. You know, I, it doesn't matter your circumstance. It doesn't matter if you got to study harder, you study harder. If you got to work uh, to make money to pursue something, you can do it. I mean, there's just, there were so many times that I felt like people put limitations on themselves. And I was like, how do we break through those limitations? How do we get through that? And really was through personal development. It started with myself, obviously. I needed to spend a lot of time um, really working through what, you know, my fears and my limitations and why can't I do that? Why wouldn't I try that? And so really it, it all kicked off. I think my, my, I would tell you that it clicked around 2007 for me. I mean, I can remember I was in Shreveport, Louisiana I was in a remote office. Uh, it was West Monroe, uh, where we were working in that area. And I was in a hotel room and our team wasn't doing very well. We were just struggling and struggling and struggling. So I took this whole day and said, we're not gonna work today. Cause we were all in a hotel. We were all just away from home. I said, we're not gonna work today. What we're gonna do today is we're going to, we're gonna have, have breakfast together. We're gonna talk about life. We're gonna talk about what's going on in your life. We're gonna talk about what you wanna do. And then we're gonna talk about how this, what we're doing here can impact that. And that's what we did. We spent that whole yeah. entire day doing that. And that's kind of where my, my other business started in my head where the believe in the unbelievable and trusting your instincts and and really leaning on your experience and, and then leaning on each other i think a lot of times people are like i don't you know want to yep. ask a question and i don't want to lean on this person because you know they're going to think i don't know enough and that's not a weakness that is a big strength to pull all your resources together so that really kicked it off for me and then i realized when i watched people uh my sales folks hit goals and then go on these these crazy trips they were going these yeah. crazy trips at president's clubs and stuff. And they would just be so excited and then realize that they could. They realized yeah. that they could. And so then that's really jump started for me. You fast forward to now and I came back to ETEC, you know, over eight years ago. Um, and really when when I decided to come back to ETEC and started looking at our character commitments and our vision about making a remarkable difference for each other and for our clients and our community, what I, I saw very quickly, it wasn't just words on a website. It was people living this. It was people experiencing it. And our servant-led culture just lent itself to what was already in my head. And it was funny because before I came here, I wrote, had to write up a little article uh, for eTech. And, and in there, I said, my, my purpose is to help people reach their personal professional goals. And what I've understood over time is that in order to do that, really it's it's all intertwined if you have professional yeah. goals those are probably if not a hundred percent going to impact your personal goals it, it influences those opportunities so for me it just it became a way of life for me it was just something that i'm passionate about i like to see people reach the a potential they didn't realize they could reach and then exceed it and go oh my goodness i, I can do more you can yeah. do more you absolutely can do more so being in leadership position and being able to coach and develop people and and really pull out of them maybe what they don't see or realize about themselves um that's just something that's irreplaceable and i'm it's just that's what drives me every day that's why i love this contact center business because it's in constant change it changes every day it's like a puzzle but it's so yep. fun for me i just enjoy 
being able to develop and work and and just you know I, I like the serve model my favorite part of the serve model is reinvent continuously and I feel like this industry allows us the opportunity to do that so I love it love it absolutely you know I wanted everybody else sitting at the table with us to hear this foundation because you know our podcasters had some questions that I'm gonna gonna ask you but I you know when you explain that that's really the foundation of why um, you've done some of the things that you've done at eTech and why the answers that you're going to give to some of their questions are out here. So let's, you know, just, that, that gives us a good foundation of sure. who DC is. Yeah. For those who don't know, we call him <laughs> DC, right? Um, who DC is, why DC does what he does. And then you'll see that this passion you have and this, who you really are at your core really drives some of this, you know, ever-changing uh, call center world when it comes to how we treat customer service. So uh, some of our podcasters, you can get the table, they've asked some questions. So let me let me ask you a, a few of these questions. You ready? Okay. And you don't- Yes, you I'm don't ready. Do a buzz. I won't do a buzzer if you get them wrong. Like you just answer from <laughs> your heart, okay? You got all it. Right, so, all right, so in the last few years, you know, obviously the contact center industry has been turned entirely uh, on its head and been forced to reconsider the way we do service, right? So yep. what do you see as the biggest challenge and opportunity currently? No, it's it's one, in, in what I see over the last 24 years, one of the things that has really plagued a lot of, a lot of this industry is agent attrition. It is, yeah. it is absolutely losing individuals. And, um, you know, a lot of businesses out there today, they're you know what it's it's they're offering more money or they're offering a signing bonus or they're offering this or that hey here's our commission plan um, but that doesn't retain people you know people want to be able to see that they have an opportunity to grow they want to see be able to see that they have an opportunity to be developed and you know what sometimes they learn skill sets here and then they go do something else and i'm okay with that too because they're taking that and they're they're out there talking about hey i learned this this servant leadership culture. I learned how to sell. I learned how to, to navigate this and they take it maybe to their nursing industry or they take it to, you know, teaching or whatever it is that they're doing. That's kind of a cool thing. But but agent attrition right now is is probably one of the biggest concerns that that I currently have. You know, how okay. do you keep people? How do you keep people? And and that, you know, for us at eTech, that's culture. It's 100 percent culture. You know, we now certainly we, we're out there being competitive. We're working on being the employer of choice, not just the best employer, the employer right. of choice. I'm choosing to want to be a part of eTech. So uh, that's probably one of the biggest things that are plaguing us right now. Okay. I agree, I agree to that. That's, you, know, you see that and just, it doesn't matter what industry you're in at this point. Uh, uh, that's yeah. just, so, well, you, you laid out the challenge. So what, um, <laughs> says, how do you deal with the challenge, um, at leading contact centers through this revolution you know um what are we doing with this changing times what are you doing what's the solution yeah so you know really we when you know the covid and all that different stuff hit we just leaned on our on our values we leaned yeah. heavily on our vision and i mentioned it earlier making a remarkable difference for each other our our customers and our communities we leaned on that and and we also focused on two main priorities at that time and those priorities were one ensuring that we could uh allow people to continue to make a living their livelihoods how do we support yep. their livelihoods and also our clients you know our clients depend on us to get people at work they depend on us to keep people at work so we 
by leaning on those two things and focusing primarily on the safety of our people, making sure that they continue to earn, making sure that we continue to meet the needs of our clients. That's what what really, in my opinion, was a differentiator for eTech. Now, now, how did we do that? We pivoted so quickly. And this is this is what I love about eTech. And, and if I can give anybody an advice, it, it, this is the uh, that was the time and the opportunity to show what one eTech is all about. And everybody came together from facilities, from training, HR, operations, our our data, EI department, you name it. I Everybody came to a table with their portion of this pie. And how on earth are we going to allow everybody the opportunity to continue to work? And we pivoted, we send everybody home. We had work from home contingency. Yeah. We left our site open though for those that couldn't work at home and we spread them out so they felt safe. And we met all the protocol and we did that yeah. so quickly. But again, you know, for me, when you talk about how do we deal with the changing times, you, you gotta be adaptable. It's one of our character commitments. And, and that really meant for us to change our complete way of thinking and say how it's not, we, I always say it's not what people will say, I can't do this. I always say, well, what can we do? What, what can we do? Focus on what can we do? Not what we can't do. What is us? And even if it's a small itty bitty solution, it's still a solution. What can we do? And so eTech yeah. focused on that and we leaned heavily on what we know and we sent everybody to the house and we allowed them to continue to work. And, and what came out of that was we created a work from home contingency. We now have, you know, the ability for people to work from home on programs that at that time you wouldn't believe that they would ever allow us <laughs> to go home. But because of our, our security departments and the different things that we do, we were able to, to show our clients that we can do this we can do it the right way and still protect the integrity of your security of your program um of our people your people and continue to do business and that was a big deal for us a big deal for us yeah that, that was and i love the way you said we leaned on our culture and we did we said how can we keep people making money everybody was scared right they and were. i love that we have a contingent so there were a lot yeah. of things you know this is this is a different podcast that's why our listeners tune in because we talk about things we did well. David, you're not ready for this question, but get ready. All right. What, how did we mess up? Like what, we have to fail sure. forward, right? We that we make mistakes. So how, how have we messed up and how have we corrected some of those things? You know, I would tell you that, you know, we, when we started sending everybody home, we didn't think about internet speeds. We didn't think about people yeah. that maybe had other people at their home. We didn't think about, you know, maybe the computer was going to break down, you know? Yeah. So there was, we, we did our due diligence to get everybody home. And then we kind of learned along the way. We started to realize, well, not everybody can work from the house or not everybody is, is proficient enough, if for lack of a better statement, to work from the house. Um, yeah. and, and so it, that was a big mistake. While our pro productivity overall went up because people did like working from the home. Uh, we made yeah. some mistakes, man. We 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 lost some people. We lost some talent. Um, yeah. I think some of the other things that we didn't do effectively was utilize the technology, the teams and the Zooms and the different things to connect with people every single yeah. day. We went from, you know, having uh, rewards and recognition on site and celebrating people and sitting across and having a conversation to overnight. I don't get to see anybody for the next six, eight months. And I, we didn't really do an effective job of nurturing 
our people in that regards of reaching out. Are you okay? How's it going? What do you need? How can I help you? And so I, you know, when I, I look back at that, I feel like that was an area we should have done better at, not just with our agents, but with us, our leadership, you know, we were all used to, to having community and sitting down and talking to each other. We took for granted, I could yeah. walk across the hallway and have a conversation with somebody. And then all of a sudden that wasn't there anymore. Um, yeah. But we also didn't do very good at the very beginning is educate people on how to shut it down. I'm guilty of this. You know, I would sit at that computer at 7.30 in the morning and I'm sitting at that computer at 7.30 at night because there was no yeah. no stop for me that says, turn it off, walk away from it. Yeah. Um, and, and so at the very beginning, I, and I would tell you, we pivoted throughout it. We realized that our leadership development team, yeah. you and all that, putting things together to tell people, how do you step away? How do you uh, shut it down? Yeah. How do you get up and take a walk? And, and as we went on, we encouraged that. We said, take walks, get away, have a meeting. Yeah. We don't talk about anything about what's going on. You know, what's happening. Yeah. Have a cup of coffee with somebody. Uh, but we didn't do a good job of that at the beginning. And I think uh, it put a lot of strain and stress on people that were just uh, that need that like the personal interaction. And once that went away, you know, I think we could have did a better job of helping them navigate through some of that. I agree. I agree. I know that for our leadership development team, you know, we we just had to do a lot of uh, scratch work in the back end <laughs> on you know, how to do, how to lead remotely, how to lead hybridly, how to uh, connect with your team virtually. You know, those those types of things. I believe that our culture hurt us and helped us in the same way. We were also connected with our culture and we immediately all got disconnected. And I think we operated okay for a while and then it put us in shock of not being connected. Then you start getting into text messages and emails and we don't, we, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But you know, when we, when we think about the hybrid workforce, you still have hybrid, you know, we still have, we're, we're meeting virtually right now. We're having a, you're drinking coffee. Right. I, I, didn't tell <laughs> I didn't tell our podcasters, I am drinking my, my water today. <laughs> but do you think, um, the hybrid model is a future for the contact center and why and what what impact do you think it has on uh, contact center operations? Uh, it 100%. It, that is a model that has got to continue to be here. Um, especially if you look at how we are currently today, um, you know, the ability for folks not to have to drive to work, that's a pay raise. You don't have to put gas in your car. Uh, childcare, you, they may have figured out a way to effectively have childcare. I love it because you know what? I personally have been able to hire single parents that maybe yeah. wouldn't have been able to come do this before. Um, they, and, and so it, it is extremely, it also opened up avenues for us to recruit outside of our area. You know, maybe yeah. we hire somebody that's not in this county because they need the opportunity. They're very proficient at what they do, but they can't drive 45 minutes to come work for us, but they can work from their home and still have the opportunity to, to do it. So this model, I, I will tell you, is it's it's not going anywhere. It is a, a vital and very important part of this industry moving forward, and it's gotta be here to stay. I think we'll, uh, there is a hybrid model, and because what you've created also, um, maybe inadvertently, is you've now created uh, the, I guess, the, the privilege of working from the house. You know, not yeah. just anybody can work from home. And so it's allowed us the opportunity to really say, hey, 
we are going to provide you this opportunity, but your performance has to meet a certain standard in order for you to be able to work from the home. So it's really elevated some people saying, I want this. I really want to do this. And in order for yeah. me to be able to do that, I have to perform. I have to come to work. I have to be available. And so it's it's a self-created model. And again, maybe it was it wasn't intentional, but it, here it is, right? You're, you're doing this. Yeah. And so in today's, I would tell you, what we also did uh, years ago is we stopped looking at attrition, which takes me back to that first question, and we started looking at retention. So yeah. the, for those of you who don't know, attrition is I, I'm attriting people, I'm losing people. Retention is I'm retaining people. So we shift yeah. our model at ETEC to look at retention. Why, why do people want to be here? Why do they want to stay? Not why they're leaving. And when you start yeah. really digging in that and pulling back the onion on why people want to stay, it is the ability to have multiple ways to work, whether that's yeah. part time, whether that's nighttime. Uh, people got crazy school schedules. They might have personal crazy schedules, um, the ability to work from the house the, and, and uh, work weekends, work nights. And so by us having the ability to offer a way for people to work, um, that fits them, you're yep. you're creating just a nice work environment for people, it's exciting. And so yeah, work from home model is gonna continue to be here. I think it's gonna continue to develop. Um, and I, I will tell you that eTech, our, our work from home contingency, I don't see that going anywhere anytime soon. And for a yeah. client, as long as we're performing, they, it, it doesn't matter to them. If we're continuing to do what we need to do and we're doing it at a better way, that they, it doesn't matter to them whether we're in the building or we're at the house just keep doing what you're doing and making that remarkable difference. That's awesome. Yeah. That's all. Awesome. You have been absolutely a plethora of information sitting at the table today. I don't know what you put in your coffee, but you got the answers coming. <laughs> you know, you, 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 you said the word intentional, intentional uh, quite a bit. Mm -hmm. And I heard you say we weren't as intentional when it comes to the, the hybrid model, but you are now we, we are yep. being intentional connection how to how to leverage those resources just like you said you're being intentional of it's it's now a privilege to work from home right for some of these yep. uh these folks us included, right and um so i really like the fact that you are uh constantly thinking of intentional ways to make this work from home model this hybrid program work for our frontline for our frontline leaders, you know, just the ability to be able to, to have a leader now that can manage a team across the country, right? You don't yeah. have to have your team right in your side. So I, I really like that you're very clear at the table when you say it's not going away. It's, it's not. not going away. The hybrid program yep. is not going to be tech. Actually, we're capitalizing on this hybrid program. So um, John Maxwell has a, you know, he I love his uh, law of intentionality. You know, what we focus on, Yep. we finish. And I know that you believe in that um, of law of intentionality. So thank you for being intentional today about being clear yes. and concise questions. You know, our podcasters had some some great questions out there. So you guys keep them coming for the questions that you're asking. And David, you got to come back and sit at the table with us again. I would absolutely we, love to come sit at the table. Listen, I, I appreciate the opportunity. I love it. I love the opportunity to, to share. Uh, some of the things that are in my heart, what I'm passionate about, why we do what we do. And so um, uh, anytime you have me back, I'll come back. I'm having you back. <laughs> we, we get to the surface of, you know, when it comes to leadership and really how you drive home with your leadership team 
um, in operations. You know, they are key. And you've got some amazing leaders on your team. And that's because you have been intentional about developing them. So I just definitely want to bring you back to the table. Let's talk about leadership, everything leadership. Um, I would so like thank, thank you for driving home with us today. Some clear answers, clear and concise answers again on, you know, the future of uh, the contact industry and when it comes to customer service. So thanks for your time at the leadership table. Until next time, you guys join us um, for everything remarkable leadership at the eTech leadership table. We'll see you next podcast. Bye, everyone.